Hello everyone, I'm Joe Van Hoogen and this is the Bread of Life. This program is brought to you by Church Partnership Evangelism. To learn more about our reach around the world, go to traincpe.org. And to learn about our mission fellowship in Boise, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Every false religion is formulated out of a broken flight from the convicting work of the Spirit of God. God is convicting people of sin and righteousness and judgment. People run from God, but they still need an answer for the gnawing conviction the Spirit of God has put upon them. And so they come up with religions that pose theories of sin, strategies for righteousness, and ways to bring judgment or avoid it. These strategies and these ways will all fail to answer what they deeply need, for the answer comes in Jesus Christ alone. But if we don't engage them with this good news formed around these convictions, we fail them and we leave them to their explosive, destructive, new, false religions, like the recent religion of protest sweeping our land. The church has been grooming a presentation or public image in order to attract people to ourselves and to Christ. We've offered people a salvation with promises of significance and meaning and purpose and community and a healthy self-esteem and a place of belonging and a deliverance from self-defeating constructs to attitudes of acceptance and personal affirmation. But it's a salvation that has not struck at the core of people's spirit-authored, subconscious need to have their sin identified and their guilt removed and their lives turned away into a way that is realizing an unrealized righteousness that they long for and they know that they were made for and a need to escape, as a result, the oncoming judgment that they're facing because of these things. This generation of protesters is twisting this consciousness and selectively pointing outward at our nation and our history and our past and our present, and they're saying, there is sin among us, and they're saying, we're going to protest it by doing the righteous thing, and there must be a reckoning and a judgment that takes place, and reparations have to be given, and we can create a new and better society and we can bring down hell on those who won't come to believe these things and we'll bring heaven along those who will go with us and it's all wrong, it's all wicked, it's not possible. It's not possible because they're the sinners. They are the unrighteous. They are the ones who are coming before a judge. They are the ones who will be judged one day. But they're more right in many ways than we have been in the church. Because they know what needs to frame the conversation. And they know what needs to be at the heart of religion, even true religion. At its heart, there needs to be an address of sin, an answer for the lack of righteousness, and a way to encounter and deal with the judgment that lies before all men. They know it instinctively they know it they're telling us and while the church has avoided these very topics trying to make our message as palatable and easy to swallow and as attractive as possible we've ignored the undercurrent that's been roiling and boiling in the lives of individuals for three decades and surprise it explodes in a moment like this and it's not a failure of america it's a failure of America's church that these things are happening. And the answer is not for the church to go down and bow down at their altars. It's not to go where they've constructed their altars and say, please, let's find a way to placate you here as well. Let's posture so that you can see that we're the true anti-racist. 
That's not it. It's to ask God to forgive us for neglecting the very message that they're crying out to hear and speaking to them. Even if their religion is false, and it is, there must be a confronting of sin and a confessing of it. There must be a righteousness found that would bring us to the truth. There is a heaven and a hell. Only men do not make it. God does. And he determines in judgment who will go to either. That's the irony in all this. Here's the third thing I want you to see. I want you to see what our opportunity is in all this. Because God is opening up a door for us as never before to speak to a generation of people who need to hear the gospel. We must talk with those, whoever we can, and turn the finger that they're pointing outward back inward where the Holy Spirit is actually speaking to them. The protesters are striking out in a mad act and destructive act of self-righteousness. They're trying to gain it. They're trying to realize it because they want to be righteous. Don't we all? And they're constructing a religion and idols and altars that we in the kingdom of God, as I said, must never bow before. But instead, we must pursue dialogues in the gospel. We must work with them so that we can turn their fingers from pointing outward back to themselves and show them how the Spirit of God is speaking to them individually, convicting them of their own sin, of their own lack of righteousness, and of the own consequence of that in facing judgment. Let's agree with them this far. There is sin in the world. And sin of the past finds its way, its way always in our present. There's sin in our nation. And it finds its way into our present. It happens 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 100 years ago, 200 years ago. There are sins that find their way because the sins of the father go on to the third and fourth generation. And they get renewed every generation. So let's go with them. Let's agree with them there. And there is a need to do what is right. And there has been a failure to live in righteousness. Let's agree with them there too. And there is a judgment coming that will determine hell and heaven for all of us. Let's agree with them there as well. But only thus far. Then we have to tell them that the turn does not begin with society as a whole. The turn begins in each individual human heart. The turn is not one we take before one another in order to measure up to some social pressure. It's a turn that we must take before the God of all creation because it's before Him that we have to give our answers. From there, sin, their sin has to be explored and our sin has to be explored and confessed. And from there, they must not only confess sins that they've committed somehow against humanity, but first and foremost, most they must confess sins that they've committed before a holy and loving God who has made all men in His image. Then their lack of righteousness needs to be exposed and the impossibility of them to generate any kind of righteousness that will be sufficient to cover and make up for the sins that they've committed and the horrific damage that that sin brings upon others. As a result of that, they need to be brought to the suggestion that they're the ones who are facing the just punishment of God and they're the ones that are facing an everlasting hell because justice and judgment does have to come and it has to come upon you 
And right there, in that conversation, in that dialogue, how do you, do you know you're a sinner? How do you know you're a sinner? What have you done? What are the things that you bear as the great guilt in your life? I'm not talking about over great themes and great anthems. The things that personally you've engaged another individual that now you play back in your mind and think was wrong. What really eats away at you? What are you attempting to do to make up for that? What strategies do you have to build a, a counter-righteousness? How successful are you at that? Do you consider yourself to be a righteous person now? The standard of all is an almighty, all-powerful, and holy God that will judge us according to his standard and determine whether we enter into his home or not. Are you ready to meet before him? Have those kinds of conversations with him. Right then, we find our opportunity, our opportunity, our opportunity to speak with them and listen to them and turn the conversation inward so that the truth might be confronted, a truth that will demand good news that they don't have what we do, a truth that will demand, because of their sin, a Savior who has become sin for them and bore their sins and guilt upon the cross, a truth because of their lack of righteousness that demands a Savior who lived a perfect and sinless and righteous life and would cover them with His perfect righteousness, and would pour into them his righteousness with such transforming power that they would be living, breathing agents of good work so that they might be good to all people. Just as the Bible says, God is good to all. And a hopeful expression as well, the demand of a judgment to come, but a Savior who has come to rescue us from hell by taking hell for us. And says he's gone to prepare a place in heaven for us that where he is, we may be also. That's good news. And it's good news that touches the deep, profound need in every person. And if you don't believe that's the deep need in people, you're not paying attention to what the protesters are saying. They're crying out for an answer that we've not been giving. While we've been saying, look at how nice we are. Look, we can be such good friends. And look at what joy we have. And look, at you can have a great place of belonging. And look at how we can impress you. And oh, God. The only way to people, give people this true and right religion and this true message of the gospel is you've got to be living it in yourself. You've got to know that the reason for your joy, your lack of fear, and your hope lies in the gospel of a Savior who died in your place for your sins and a Savior who is readily available and living within you by the power of the Holy Spirit to transform the way you encounter people. That you look at people with love and compassion and you're provoked not to alternative political positions, but you're provoked to bring them the truth that they so desperately need and they're lost without. The opportunity is to talk with them about sin and righteousness and judgment. It's an opportunity that we have right now to join in the Spirit's deep convicting work in their lives. These protesters themselves are framing the conversation for us. But they're bowing at the wrong altar. God and His gospel are unknown to them. Show them where things turn, where the answer is found in the person and work of our Savior, Jesus Christ. This is our opportunity. This is our moment of opportunity. Let's not miss it. Let's take it. Let's bow our heads.
Dear God, you're sovereign. You're in control of all things. Very often the very things that we see that seem to vex us and concern us and upset us because they threaten us or they seemingly threaten our places of comfort are the stirrings of God stirring up and plowing up the earth so a better and deeper seed of truth might be planted, might be realized. Think of the upheaval that took place in the 60s and 70s. In the middle of all that, how a, a, a Jesus people movement began. And there was a response to the gospel as the, these same young people came up empty. God, we pray that that turn might happen more quickly now in our nation. We ask that our churches and we ourselves might confess our failure to tend to and speak to these great and deep and profound things with boldness and courage. Every place that we've gone seeking merely to curry favor and gain the favor of men, oh God, forgive us and cleanse us. Everything that we've done, even that was right and good, but we've done it, dear God, in order just to advantage ourselves, oh God, forgive us. May we tirelessly, lovingly, boldly, graciously, gently speak with men those truths most central to their salvation and their true need. We ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. These may be hard words to bear, but before you fully judge the protesters or fully judge those who refuse to protest with you, make sure you know what your religion is based on. Is it based on the shed blood of Jesus which gives you freely an answer for your sins, your need for righteousness, and your promise of heaven? Start there and you'll be motivated in everything to bring to others this good news. This has been the Bread of Life. For a copy of this message, follow the links provided at our website, breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, may God bless you.